0: This morning to 2nd Samuel chapter five. 2 Samuel chapter five. Here in this passage, and boy, we, we read through the entire Bible this year. A lot of you did, and uh, it's I think such a great thing to be able to see the Bible as the entire story of the Bible mm-hmm. and the way it all comes together and works together. And, uh, but Second Samuel is you know one of those books that it's easy to read. And uh, especially when we get into talking about David and some of the exciting things that he did. And this is one of those things that David did. Now, maybe this is not uh, uh, one of the most exciting, so it's not David and Goliath necessarily. But I think there's some tremendous truths in this passage that as we look at it, and, and, and I want to talk to you about this morning, I, I don't think this is going to be any kind of fancy message. It's not, uh, I don't know, maybe even a little bit disjointed. But there's a couple of thoughts that I want to get across to you this morning that seem to be helpful for us. And hopefully, your heart is, is uh, open for what the Lord has for us this morning. But let's pick it up in 2 Samuel chapter 5 in verse number 17. But well, when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines came up to seek David. And that's not just, hey, how's it going? Congratulations on becoming king. That was to attack him. They came up there to fight against him. This is their opportunity. You know that the Philistines and Israel were constantly back and forth against each other for as long as they were in existence. And they came up to say, all right, this is another opportunity. We, could, we couldn't necessarily defeat Saul, but maybe this is our chance. Maybe David's a weaker king. And David heard of it and went down to the hold. He went down to the fortress. He, he was setting up to prepare for battle. The Philistines also came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I go up to the Philistines? Wilt thou deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said unto David, go up, for I will not thou- Into thine hand. And David came to Baal Perazim, and David smote them there and said, The Lord hath broken forth upon mine enemies before me, as the breach of waters. Therefore he called the name of that place Baal Perazim. And there they left their images, and David and his men burned them. And the Philistines came up yet again and spread themselves in the valley of Rephian. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, Thou shalt not go up, but fetch a compass behind them and come up come upon them over against the mulberry tree let it be, when thou hearest the sound of a going in the top of the mulberry tree, that then thou shalt bestir thyself. For then shall the Lord go out before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. And David did so, as the Lord had commanded him, and smote the Philistines from Geba until thou comforted to Gaze.
1: Now
0: David had just fought the Philistines in this very valley. He had a very significant victory. Yet, it says in verse 4, 20, the Lord hath broken forth upon mine enemies before me as the breach of waters. The Philistines had come up in great numbers and had brought their gods with them. They were hoping that, like Israel did, when they brought the Ark of the Covenant into the battle with them, that it would be a good luck charm for them. Obviously, it was not. And they came they and they fought, but God helped David. David easily defeated them. He burned their idols. They won a great victory that day. But it didn't take long before the Philistines come back. And I want you to notice Go up and fight them without first. going in the strength of the Lord without having God's help again. So he went and he asked the Lord, he said, shall I go up against them? The Lord told him that he wasn't supposed to immediately go and march against those Philistines, but he was was supposed to encamp at the mulberry trees. and He was supposed to surprise them. He didn't question for one second God's mandate when he was told that he was supposed to wait until he should hear the sound of the tops of the mulberry trees before he went to fight. He was not in a rush to go to battle. He waited on God's timing. He waited until the mulberry trees began to sing at the top of the wind that rushed along those leaves. How important it is for us that we learn from David not to take steps without God. The last time you moved or went into business or or changed your situation in life, you asked God's help and then you did it, and you were blessed because you were doing it that way. You were doing it God's way, and maybe up till now you've been successful in, in whatever you've done. You've always sought God, but don't think that because you've done it that way before, it's just going to continue to run in that continuous stream. You may go up uh, into tomorrow without seeking God's advice and end up taking a step that you're going to regret for the rest of your life. You are wise until now. You may have been wise until now. you trust trusted in the Lord with all your heart. you have not leading unto your own understanding. But how easy it is for us as humans to take that step without seeking God's help first, without seeking God's Advice, first without seeking God's wisdom, first without trying to figure out exactly what it is that He wants us to do, He said it like David: "Let us inquire of the Lord." Now, keep in that same way. Don't go. Don't go before the cloud. Charles Spurgeon said it this way: "If Providence tarries, tarry till Providence comes. Never go before it." He goes on a fool's errand who goes before God, but if He walks in a blessed path who sees the footsteps of Providence and reads the map. Of discovered, this is the way wherein I am able to walk. If providence carries, tarry till providence comes. What a thought. What a thought. Maybe you need to hear that this morning. Maybe you're getting ready to take an unadvised step. I don't know exactly what your situation is in life, but I'm begging you. Don't venture out until you have sought the counsel of God, unless you have the firm conviction that you're doing it only to help you with It's interesting that the rabbis, in their commentary on this passage, said that the rustling in the mulberry trees were the footsteps of the angels that were walking on the top of the tree. Hmm. They said that that, uh, that was the sign for the fight when God's cherubim were going with them to lead them. And they were led by the great captain himself walking along the mulberry trees and making those mulberry trees rustle. I don't know if that's true or not. That's their history. That's their uh, interpretation of that passage. But My point is this. There are certain signs Day, which ought to be indications to us of certain duties that we have to perform. When we see some sign of God's Holy Spirit being in motion, or some other sign, there are seasons when we ought to be more active than ever and more than ever earnest in the service of our Master. I don't think there can be much doubt that God's doing something in our midst. At the very least, we're in a waiting period right now. We're waiting for the rustling of the top of the mulberry. We know that that by this time next year, for sure, we're not going to be in this building. God's moving us to a different place. They're going to tear this building down. I don't know exactly where that is, but there's a slight sound starting to rise. The rustling is starting to take place, and God's getting ready to do some great things here in our church. I don't want you to miss it. I don't want you to miss out on that. It's a great opportunity for us to see God do great things through you, through this church, through us, together. Boy, what a tremendous opportunity that is. So let's talk about that this morning for just a few minutes. The sound of a going in the mulberry trees. What does it mean for us when we hear the sound of a going in the mulberry trees? Let's pray. we we'll look at a couple of things here this morning. Father, we love you. Again, we thank you so much for how good you are to us. Thank you for the opportunity to be back in your house this morning. And do pray for those that are not able to be here. I pray that you help them to get well. But God, we need to get well also. We're spiritually sick. We have things in our lives that should not be there. We have things that need to be changed in our lives. We're not here because we're in a museum trying to show off how good we are. We're here because this is a hospital where we can get well. And God, I pray that you help us to be able to diagnose our, our, our problems, diagnose where we're not where we should be, diagnose where we need to change some things in our lives so we can be everything that you need us to be. We need to have health. God for His power. Mm-hmm. That's something that we ought to do often. But when you start to hear the sound in the tops of the mulberry trees, that's when we say, "Now is the time to really get in prayer." Now. In the political realm, as much as we need to bestir ourselves in the spiritual. Amen. And I'll tell you this: the political will take care of itself if the devil is defeated. Right. And let me say this: we need now more than ever the power of God upon our church. You need more than ever. Drawing a crowd. And by the way, they're doing a good job at it. Yeah. A lot of these churches are able to draw a crowd. But all they're concerned with is how many people were baptized. They're not concerned with souls being saved. Baptism is not salvation. Oh, we had this many people baptized in the first service and this many people baptized in the second service. And those people come up out of the water and nothing's changed. Right. And they've not accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. They've got wet. Right. That's what the focus is on today. So many places in our churches. Concerned with how many they were able to keep coming back on a weekly basis. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't look for ways to get people into the church. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be sharp with how we do things to try to to keep people coming to church and all of those things. But I'm saying that if we were as concerned about praying for the power of God as we were about those things, then we would have the power of God in our churches today. And that's exactly what we need here. I'm all for doing things sharp. I try to do things to the best of our ability. try to keep is as nice as we can keep them. those things have nothing to do with the power of God in our services. Those things have nothing to do with the power of God in our lives. If we would pray as much for the power of God in our lives as we pray to get people through the doors of this church, then we would have the power of God and people would come. Mm -hmm. I believe here that we're hearing the noise amongst the mulberry trees. I pray that God's starting to wake us up. Mm -hmm. Now is the time for us to be stirred ourselves. Now we need to pray and cry to God more earnestly. Our prayer ought to be filled with men and are bringing those petitions before God. Our private altars ought to be more constantly kept burning causing the smoke of that prayer to ascend and our closets ought to be continually occupied by earnest intercession before the throne of God. Bestir thyself it's the sound of the and adopt the moment. You hear the sound of the mulberry tree, it's time to be doubly prayerful, but it's also time to witness for Christ. Perhaps God's doing a work in your heart. I've seen the movement of God in hearts and lives of many of our people, and I've seen God do things in your life that perhaps you may never thought that you would see God do. Now, what should I do? First thing I'll do, I'll bestir myself. That's what he says. Time to bestir ourselves. Well, then what? I'll go home today and I'll wrestle with prayer more earnestly than I have before that God would bless. my heart in the direction that it needs to be moved in. But then what? What do I do next? Where do I sit? Was there a young woman in my row that seemed to be under conviction? Is there a young man that, that seemed to be under conviction of the preaching of the Holy Spirit? When I go back to church, I'm going to look out for him. I'm going to look out for that young lady. I've heard the sound of the leaves of the mulberry trees, and I will be myself. And if I see that person again, I'm going to speak to them. I'm going to give them the message of the gospel. If I hear another sermon like it, I see Week after week after week, and not ever being stirred to go do something for the cause of Jesus Christ. Our job. sound will go at the tops of the world. The job of you and I to restore ourselves when people are led to serious thoughts about their lives. When God's walking through the land and smiting this one and that one, the minds of the people are all on eggshell, wondering what their end is going to be. That's why I never miss an opportunity to preach a funeral, even if I don't know the person that passed away. Because people have their minds set more on the thought of what's going to happen Not me today, but one of these days it's going to be. And I never want to miss an opportunity to share the message of God. I never want to miss an opportunity to help somebody that might be thinking more about eternity, and more about death, and more about dying, to lead them to Jesus Christ. When sudden death takes place, there's an accident, or something that happens, or or something that goes on in your house, or in in your business, or within your extended family, It's, it's my job, it's our responsibility to use that time for the Master's use Now is not the time to cancel church and and run scared from all of this stuff. Now is the time to open the doors and say, if you're looking for the truth of the word of God, this is where you find it. If you're looking for answers because you're scared, this is where you come. That's what we need to do, and we need to get the message of the gospel out there. It may be a bold plan, but I'll tell you this. I feel Tremendous opportunity we have. Why can we not see God do that today? You talk about all the Billy Graham Because we're not getting the message out to this area. And that's our fault. That's our fault. Because we have the truth. I was talk about putting the light under the bush. What good does the light do if it's not shining through? At all across Christianity, we have the light. We have the Word of God. We have the truth, and all oh, we can we can bash every other religion that's out there. We can talk about how oh, they're wolves and sheep clothing, Oh, we can all oh, they're spreading the message. we are spreading the false messages, and they're leading people to hell. But well, we have the message, and we're not leading them to Christ. Why? Why? Because we fail them. We are failing. We're failing. Or the sound of the old spirit. you want to know what happens when they die, well, let's not miss this opportunity. Let's not miss this opportunity. That's what we should do whenever we see a time. More favorable than others to tell the sinners of the rest Be the businessman looks out for every turn of the market, every rise and every fall. Wants to know what's happening. Wants to know the best time to buy, the best time to sell. Farmer is looking for every uh, every change in the weather. When should I plant? When should I, when should I harvest? When should I water? When should I do all these different things? And as Christians, we should look out for the best time to come and talk to Jesus Christ. Never a wrong time to tell somebody about the message of Jesus Christ. But we should labor much in the best season. Make hay while the sun shines. That was the 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 famous quote. Sentence? They came while the sun shined. The sun shined. Because we're still alive. We still have an opportunity to win souls for Jesus Christ. The day is going to end and the night is coming. When the night comes, no man will be able to work. We have to do it while we have time. We don't know when that time is going to end. We still have the freedom. We still have the opportunity to share the message of the gospel. There's going to be a time and it probably won't be too long from now. When the Word of God, when the Gospel is considered hate speech, and it's going to be crime to preach the message of God. Right. And I know exactly what's going to happen. Oh, can you say that it's a crime to preach the Gospel? You don't have the right to say that. We should be able to go tell everybody that we want to tell about Jesus Christ. Then why aren't you doing that? Yeah. Why aren't you doing it now? It's not a hate crime. You still have the freedom to show the And all everybody's gonna be up in arms when that freedom is taken away. But while we still have it, we're not evil. Keep that same idea in regard to every person that you meet with. When your neighbor is facing a difficult time at your opportunity, give them the message of God. Ancient slingers used to do that. They saw a warrior lift his helmet, that's when they put that rocket. And they flung that thing before you could get some effect on the and they say, Take the opportunity while you have it. And that's exactly what we ought to be doing. You see a man open to conviction, do what you can as God gives you the opportunity. Especially if you've gotten that person to come to church, use the opportunity. By the way, you need to pay special attention to what you say and do about the law. You complaining about church, or you complaining about the message, or you complaining about this or that about Christianity it might be exactly what pushes somebody away. I'm not saying that you've got to pretend that everything is perfectly fine and all that stuff, but our job and our responsibility is to do whatever we can for the time that we have left to win souls for Jesus Christ. Number three, very quickly, I want you to see. this. When you hear the sound of the mulberry trees in your own life, don't miss the opportunity. Don't miss the opportunity. There are times you know when you hear the sound of the going in the tops of the mulberry trees. And more power in prayer. Maybe you're closer to God. You know you're right with God. The is open to you. The promises are are applied in your life. You're living in life in the presence of God. Perhaps the world begins to mean a little bit less. God will bring conviction of the things that you're doing that you shouldn't be. God will help you to do the things that you should be doing in your life. And sometimes when we get into a rut spiritually, we just don't feel like being a Christian. We just don't feel like really living all off for God. And at least if you're willing to pray and to ask God to do that in your life, then he will move you in that direction. And that's what we need to do. The wind of revival, I believe, is coming. I believe that we I believe that before Jesus Christ comes back, we will see another revival. We will see a revival in this nation. But are you going to be a part of it or not? It may be big, it may be small, I don't know, but I do believe that we can see a revival in this nation again. And I certainly don't want to miss out on the opportunity to be a part of that revival. I want God to do something in my life. I want God to do something in your life. I want you to be a part of it, because I can tell you when God sends a revival, it's one of the sweetest, greatest things
1: Unless I miss the
0: opportunity, perhaps you're here this morning. You've been thinking, Oh, that I might be saved. The Holy Spirit has given you the sound of going to the top of the mulberry trees. The Holy Spirit has convicted you to any degree. If you have trembled at the thought of I an mean, eternity in hell. If you mumble a prayer under your breath asking God to show you the truth, in this and this is the time that you should send yourself so now or power you may never have that opportunity again. This is your opportunity to. a at the top of the moment. Wait for the sound. Wait to hear the sound before you move in. What's the sound? The sound is knowing that God is on your side. And, and victory is coming. Isn't that amazing to know? The fact that, can you imagine being David and sitting there? And all of a sudden, you start to hear the sound at the top of the moment. And you know that God is there. You know that it's God that's making that sound. Whether it's the, that He sent His army before Him and they're walking in the top of the trees, or whether God just sent a specific wind to blow on the top of the mulberry tree, that was God that sent that. That was God that was moving those trees. Can you imagine how exciting it must have been for David? David's sitting there, and it's, it's just—it's dead still, it's dead quiet, and David just waiting. I said, "There's gonna be this loud rushing sound." It's gonna be a little oh, wrinkle of the leaves. Said, it's time to bestir ourselves. God's movement amongst us. God wants to give us the some- That song says he's already in here tomorrow. He already knows what's ahead. Thing is, he already knows when the sound of the rustling in the tops of the mulberry tree is going to take place. In fact, his army is probably on the move already. He's just waiting for us to wait everything. Waiting for us to hear that sound in the top of the mulberry tree. And so God has to go up immediately to fight the battle with the knowing he's going to be with him. He can't lose. God asks you to wait, be patient and wait. Wait for the sound of a going. He's preparing a mighty army, he's going to go out before you face the enemy. All
1: you have to do is have
0: faith and trust in the Lord. That's it. Faith to believe that if we just move forward with him, he'll give us something. patience. Again, patience sometimes. I need to be reminded that sometimes God requires us to just wait. We want something to go back. Maybe we, maybe he, he wants to see how bad we want him. Maybe he's waiting to see a building situation. How much are they going to? How much are they going to beg him? How much are they going to kneel before my throne and ask me? Maybe it's to make our faith stronger. Maybe it's just because we need to grow more spiritually. No matter of the situation, no matter of the situation, when you hear the sound, I'm gonna spend more time with you time to get busy witnessing for God. time to spread the sick. God wants to move us forward with for his path. Sound of a building on the top of the mountain. Start to be a rustling. God's moving. That's for us to do that. Father, we love you. Give you. Thank you so much for how good you are to us. Thank you for the fact that you want these Oh, what a tremendous, awesome God we serve. I pray that you help us to wait in your time. God, I pray that you would help us not to miss one second of going forward. With you. I pray that you'd help us be people of prayer. I pray that you'd rise up some prayer warriors right here in our midst. People who know how to get to the throne of God, who know how to get a hold of heaven. That. God, that's what we need. We need your power more than anything. We need the power of the Holy Spirit moving move us forward like a mighty army from Jesus Christ. And God, I pray that you raise up some people in our church to be so concerned about the lost, and we do whatever we have to do to win them to Jesus Christ. We do whatever we have to do to tell them. We look for every opportunity that you put in our back. God, I pray that our sails would be open for revival. I pray that you send a revival right here. I pray that you send it to this place. I pray that you start with me. God, that we might see you do some great things for our church. You want to. And the reason we're not seeing it is not because you can't. The Lord's hand is not shortened. God, I pray that you help us to get things right that we need to get right. That you help us to do the things that we need to do in order to spread the sales for everybody. And where you brought conviction in our hearts this morning, God, I pray that you help us to act. Thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. And then if you wait to send it to your seat, if you have the Bible, guys, I feel like it's God spoke in your heart this morning. I believe with all my heart that God wants to do some great things in this church. Boy, I need every person in the apartment. God wants every person in the apartment. I not you come forward this morning? Deal with God.